electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Coming off the worst slump since mid-June, futures still a bit tentative here, with the 10-year still above 3%, better than expected PMIs in Europe. Got some double-digit moves in Palo Alto and Zoom today. Our roadmap begins with recession fears returning. Stocks coming off the worst day of trading since June 16th. Plus, could be trouble for Twitter. There is a, a new whistleblower with allegations that accuse the company of misleading investors about security, tightness of security, the FTC underplaying spam account issues, and plenty more. We're also keeping an eye on Zoom shares. They are down sharply. The one-time pandemic darling notching one of its worst quarters since it went public. Let's start with the markets on that sell-off yesterday, Jim. You've been tweeting quite a bit about sort of the bipolar nature of the market and sort of economic attitude right now. Right. I do not like a market where last week we are really fretting because oil went down, okay? And this week we're really fretting because oil went up. And what that says is it's a bipolar market. It needs medicine. It, we don't even know. Psychi- combination of, of psychiatric and medicine could cure this. But, David, I don't see any sign that this market is on its meds or having any therapy. <laughs> well, you know, those who, would, who have been negative on the market for some time and obviously were on the wrong side of this very powerful rally are still, at least as a group, of the belief that we are potentially going to retest lows. You know, Um, two people told me in the last 24 hours, 2008, go back over 2008, Jim. You know, a lot of this rally was short covering. Equities are misjudging things in a way that the bond market is not. The buyback machine has been turned on by corporate America. That's masking what really is limited demand for equities and on and on. I don't know. Did they listen to Nikesh Aurora last night on Palo Alto? where he's basically wiping the fleet. He's a combination of the Houston Astros and the New York Mets pitching. I mean, I'm telling you, the guy is all-star, and he is just crushing it. No one crushes it in a real bear market. You can come on air and say that stuff, and the stock will be down 10%. I think if you do great, your stock goes higher. And to me, that's an opportunity to buy Walmart, which I don't really care for, but stock's down quick six. I am saying watch retail. Macy's was okay. Dix was quite good. Watch retail. It's retail versus the third year. But you went away from the broad market very quickly. Well, because it's stock by stock. It's stock by stock. It's stock by stock. Stock by stock. I heard you. (laughs) Did you listen? Stock by stock by stock. I did not. You didn't listen to my show? Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Last night was one of those nights I didn't. I'm sorry. So Nikesh Aurora basically just says, business is unbelievable. I mean, now look, he's taking it from CrowdStrike. He, he's, taking, you know, he's got a cloud-native business. And, but I just think that the whole spend that we keep hearing about that is no one's spending on software, no one's spending on, uh, even on cyber is wrong. But then you go to Zoom. Go to Zoom. Nikesh Aurora was fantastic. That's a pilot. But Zoom was about as bad as it gets. 
Yeah, let's let's stick with Palo Alto for the moment. A uh, bunch of well-received notes today. Wells, oh, yeah. RBC, Webbush all increased price targets. Morgan Stanley's talking about joining the S&P with, uh, with their gap and, earnings. And David, you know, $900 million buyback, Mr. Non-Buyback. Oh, I didn't say that. I said buybacks are in full force, well, but they no, may no, be I'm, masking what is otherwise there, tepid demand for equities. Okay, there's not a lot of buybacks that are in full force masking tepid demand. They're not. Okay. There's I, just I'm, companies I'm, that are doing quite well, like Palo Alto, and companies that are doing poorly, like Zoom. Although Zoom put on a very good face. You know, when you listen to these calls, Carl, what we're finding is there are companies that are doing quite poorly, and they just put lipstick all over the whole. You know, what is when you have a lot of hogs, what's it called? You know, like there's like a gaggle, and there's what's a what's a um, group of pigs. What's what is hippo? it called? What are hippos? That's a good one. Hippo. A group yeah. of hippos? Like a no, it's, a, it's like a murder of crows, yeah, parliament right, right. of owls. Well, I mean, they, they got enough lipstick there. They are like all of Elf and all of Estee Lauder cannot put Zoom back together again. What? Why? Well, because they have very bad consumer in the enterprise. And there's this company called Microsoft, which if you put on your, your PC, Teams comes up, whether you like it or not. And remember the old days when Microsoft got sued by justice? Yes. I mean... I think Microsoft is lucky to have Zoom, so they're not sued by justice, mm-hmm. by Jonathan Cannon and antitrust. This just goes there with WebEx as well, that's right? Not, or no, so that's much more enterprise. Inter- yeah, it's more enterprise. Still yeah. got $5 billion in cash, right? Yes. And, but they've been failing and coming up with something else. They talked about their meager call center effort. Frankly, I found, now my, my stepson worked at, at Zoom. Zoom. We're talking about Zoom here. Well, yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing security. Okay, you're all over. And, and I'm doing, I'm doing. Um, just trying to help team. the control room keep up with you with the no, graphs. I'm just doing the two companies that reported last night. I'm saying that they were the, in a bear market. We have a, a propensity for Palo Alto to go down too, not just Zoom. But in a, in a market that's okay, like we're in, Palo Alto goes up big, and Zoom does not go down that big. And that's all. All I'm saying is it's rational. Okay. There's look. There's the AMC Blue Apron contingent. I don't know what to do. When you have a meme collapse, there tends to be a 12% decline in the Nasdaq. I can. It's demonstrable. A meme collapse. I mean, do not look at me like I have two heads. <laughs> what am I doing? A meme collapse. A meme collapse then produces a, in yes. six out of seven times we have a 12% decline in the Nasdaq. Okay. Okay, if that's what you say, you've done the you've done the you've done the work on that meme collapse. It took a long time. I bet it did. rhymes with photo. Help, help me I, on that. I don't, all right, I, what, call is, him what does that have to do with the price of Zoom? But, well, because I'm trying to give you all the cross currents: oil, memesters, and then a couple companies that reported well, good numbers. I like Dix's number. I bet Dix is up to I'll tell you what, there are not a lot of retailers right now that beat and raise. That was uh, incredible. Comps were down, but they were ahead. Uh, they see the full year 10 to 12. Prior was 915 to 1170, so they narrow that range. Uh, they say they're in the right lane. Yeah, and Lauren Hobart is so good. A totally unheralded CEO doing a fabulous job. Once again, what I'm saying is, is that if you do well, your stock goes higher. The push, by the way, is Macy's because... Uh, Jeff Kinnett, it's very hard whether he's, like, bullish or bearish because he has to deal with the uh, inventory of others. So, you know, Dave, Macy's is in a competitive environment. Yes. So if others have uh, too much inventory, of course it hurts them. Mm -hmm. What 
All right, there's a little quiz for him, Mr. Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> what retailer went up four points on a basis of 32? I'm giving it up. Last Friday, because of the appointment of a CEO. Oh, uh, was uh, was Ulta's lady Mary Dillon went to Foot Locker. <laughs> Very nice. Just wanted yeah. to check. Oh, yeah. No, I'm paying attention. <laughs> really? I mean, man, I'm getting quizzed now. Yeah. Well, He's making I mean, sure I haven't lost it completely. No, no. Yeah. And, and who's you, better, DeGrom and you, or oh, what? And who wasn't here on Friday? Oh. Oh, you weren't. Who was Jim Cramer? Yeah. I, I, you think that's a, a non-work day? Are you kidding me? I did stuff for the club. I, I did very good stuff for the club. I would, well, by the way, the last thing that I would ever question is your work ethic. Thank you. Everything else I will question. It's wrecked a marriage. Everything. Threatens another. But I will not question your work ethic. Just kidding on the What was platter. your point about Mary Dillon going to Foot Locker? That, again, in a bear market, it doesn't matter who you appoint. I'm trying to, I am trying to assuage people into recognizing that we are in a decline, but we are not in a bear market because these are th- when someone very good is a surprise pick to a company that's not done well, that's a sign that we're not in a bear market. And yet I keep getting the pushback that I'm too bullish. I'm not positive. But, but, you, but you think the lows are in? Yes. And I think that the idea that it's a bear market or that the VIX is too low, these are all hedge fund talk. It's all hedge fund talk. And I don't like, you know, yesterday there was a downgrade of UPS because it was 850 basis points better than the S&P. That's just hedge fund talk. I don't want to be involved in that dialogue. I think that there's opportunity everywhere and that you should be buying stocks into the weakness. That's an, now, you're, now you're referring to some of the CFTC data we got that hedge funds are putting on some record shorts in advance of Jackson Hole. What which a could mistake. flip quickly, yes? Oh, and they're down. They're not up for the year. And the hedge trying- funds have been horrible throughout, most of them. Yes, and they're horrible. Um, they were caught on the wrong side during this rally, short a lot of those names that we saw yes. skyrocket as a result, of course, of short covering. A lot of them took their nets down, meaning their overall exposure way down to level very high cash levels right. as a result, and therefore we're not benefiting from Missed that four-week rally. That from was really the rally, and by the way, we're not looking good prior to that. Those that have private investments, we know, have had to mark them down significantly if they've chosen to do so. It's, Except for what? It's not been good. Except for the University of Texas. Why? What, what, <laughs> That's right. They own a big part of the Permian. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Threatening Harvard as the richest U.S. university, They're going right? to pass Harvard. They're going to pass Harvard. Because of the Permian? No, because I didn't give big this year. <laughs> okay. It was the 35th. I don't think you'd be kid big for your 35th. I, I think you have they, a Kramer Scholar? Think, You're not a Kramer Scholar, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. You have to have been kicked out of the school and come back to be a Kramer Scholar. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Or, or, or leave the school because of circumstances. So maybe Zuckerberg yeah. wants to become a Kramer Scholar because he, he left, could easily be a Kramer Scholar. Yeah. He could be a Kramer Scholar in the metaverse. You know what would be good for Zuckerberg? If he focused on the rest of the business, like Ooh. reels, you know, yeah. Instagram. Ooh, I mean, it's fighting words from old Jim here. Well, fighting words because the stock is awful. Hmm. You know, in the end, you know, I'm not your friend if the stock goes down big. Really? I mean, Even if this, you high five in the metaverse, you're not my friend? Well, the stock wasn't down as low as it is now. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> I mean, let's takes. say you're a CEO and your stock is bad and I see you in a restaurant. You know what I say? Hey, chief. Uh-oh. Or, hey, hey, sunshine. You chief him? I sunshine him sometimes. Ooh. Sunshine's the lowest thing in the world that you can ever be called. Sometimes they say, hey, chef, but that's an honor. So you're chief in uh, Zuckerberg right here, aren't you? Well, I don't know. He's a nice guy. If he got back out of the metaverse and put his head into, into reels or something, 
you got to worry about the fun. Well, he started that comp school. This is where my break with him has come. Not that there's a break. But when you say in your call, the worst is yet to come. I mean, who says the worst is yet to come? Well, I'm rebuilding here? Hey, you know, we're going to lose a lot of games. You never say the worst is yet to come. Not that you should do what Zoom said last night, which is the best is yet to come. What should you do? Just say, hey, we're working as hard as we can. Yeah, I mean, well, he's, there it is. he's got a short-term bet in reels and a long-term bet in meta. I mean, I, what right, you- I know, but he's not spending enough time on reels. He should spend more time on reels. I think reels is the way to stop TikTok. TikTok uh, look, is such a juggernaut. Look, you could the way to really stop TikTok, you and I both know the way to do yeah, it's that. It's the U.S. government. That's right. the way you got to stop it. The U.S. government should say it's not a Oracle and that we're all getting stupid because of the Chinese. And, right? Yeah, no. Did your kid go to college and get stupid? Yes, if he's using TikTok. We covered a lot of ground there. Yeah, we Still did. haven't gotten Not enough. To, uh, we didn't get to Twitter. And I have, I, I, got, more tw- I, got I have more Twitter insight than you do. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> we will get to Twitter. I can do anything better strange, than he can. Right. Strange ramblings of a madman here. Look at this. This is what he's got. Yes. All right. Now, that's going to be that's, really helpful for everybody. That'll swell later. that, that oh, yeah. witty. Take a look at that. That's, that's like going to be Zodiac, great. You know? My Lord. I'm, now I really know that you have nothing. <laughs> I can't even read this. We will talk some Twitter uh, and uh, the the Dorsey subpoena and this story in the Washington Post today. We'll get to Smucker and BBBY and some news on Intel, Medtronic, a lot more this morning. Take a look at futures. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, shares of Twitter are down. We've mentioned it a couple of times. You can see almost 4%. This after what are explosive new allegations from the company's former head of cybersecurity. In a whistleblower complaint, he accuses the company of any number of different security flaws and oversight. Now, the complaint was filed in July, and the whistleblower claims that he was told to withhold a major security uh, report from Twitter's board to write misleading security documents. Uh, the Washington Post story, there's a CNN story. There's any number of stories here about this. Of course, from an investing perspective, the question becomes, is this going to become a significant uh, potential witness or area of uh, focus 
for Elon Musk as he tries to prove in court that Twitter um, withheld information, because that's really the key here. It's not the contract that he signed is not about whether or not where that whether or not the number of bots exceeds what they have said. It's did they actually actively withhold that information knowingly that those number was well above, and can they prove that in court? Um, guys, I'm relying on the reporting of others. I do, in all seriousness, Jim, want to hear your thoughts on sure. this. Um, because, you know, you know, in one Washington Post story, we've got a couple of different things that I think are of interest in terms of uh, what this guy could mean for their trying to prove their case. Um, for example, you know, uh, there's a quote that says, we've already issued a subpoena for Mr. Zatko. That, of course, is the name of the whistleblower. And we found his exit and that of other key employees curious in light of what we've been finding. Now, that's a quote attributed to Alex Burrow. He's Musk's lawyer, a partner at Quinn Emanuel. Um, and, you know, he is his go-to guy. But at the same time, there's in the same story, there is a reference to the fact that Musk's legal team has already tried to get a subpoena for Zatko's records and a judge denied the request. And so we are left with uh, at least some questions here that I'd love to answer myself through reporting as to whether any of this will even be admissible. I think that the work of Mudge is in question. I don't think Mudge necessarily had a great reputation there and he was fired. You know Mudge. But you don't look at Mudge, his handle, dot Mudge on Twitter. Doesn't necessarily impress me, by the way, in his the way he comports himself. You're talking about Zatko. Yeah, he's, he's, he calls himself Mudge. Okay. Um, but I do think that we have to take into account that, once again, that the accusations that there are just a massive number of bots flies in the face of everything that they do. Now, I know that Musk says that their work quarrel is shoddy in trying to get the bots out. Now, having worked very precisely and closely with them, to try to figure out how many people really hate me, I can tell you that their work is is very rigorous, unfortunately. Very rigorous. There is, I mean, when you go and you look and you say, look, I mean, how many bots this, how many bots that? Because when you have the police investigating and you're worried about bodyguards and how much you need, they'll, they, they have very good systems. And I do not think that uh, the, the accusations have anything, any basis in fact. Uh, that's reflecting your own personal well, experience. But, you know, though, but right? I, I do not go. I mean, let's put it this way. When I'm threatened at that level, I do not stop with me. I want to know. Come on, guys. Tell, tell me how many bots are. I want to know whether mine has more bots or fewer bots and how close you do you monitor this. Well, and I, what? No, no, I'm sorry. sorry it's empirical. It's not anecdotal. It's empirical. For the point of Musk proving his case somehow in order to be able to get out of his contract, this is not. I mean, are you going to take the stand? Is this going to be admissible? <laughs> uh, no, because I'm. I, mine's empirical, but it's secondhand. I wouldn't put me on the stand. Um, and the, I think the question will be, again, does this help him in some way? By the way, he's got, I mean, up to date, he's had no case. Fired guy? No Fired case. guy? He's had nothing. Now, it Maybe seems possible report. that Spiro found this guy and that they tried to subpoena his records and the judge said no, and then they leaked it to the press. Um that's certainly a possibility here. And then it, they obviously were able to, uh, the uh, reporters were able to get a hold of the actual, um, the actual uh, filing or claim uh, from, they cited from a, a Democratic operative or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. 
But again, whether or not this is going to have any bearing on Twitter's case, I think is very much unclear at this point. That said, there is still a belief that they could easily come to some sort of a settlement should they choose to do so. My sense of the board of directors at this point is that they think they have an incredibly strong case and seem to be somewhat unwilling to even entertain that notion. Nonetheless, as you get closer to trial and with subpoenas going all over the place, including, of course, Jack Dorsey as well being subpoenaed by Musk's legal team, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and this may help Musk's case in terms of at it least might. if he wanted to try to uh, broach a settlement. But you can throw a lot of mud at this guy, at Mudge. Mud at Mudge. And I like this Mudge because to me, now he has cut his hair from that picture where he looks like he's from the Grateful Dead. Uh, and that's probably makes you a little more, uh, have more gravitas. But to me, I look at the guy, I read that he's fired, I read that his work was second rate. Um, and it is true, they've had operatives. I mean, they had a. They recently fired an operative Twitter who was basically a spy, but it is not true. And I continue to maintain that there was that, that they want to get sold, but they have not done anything to me other than tell the truth about how they check things and that they check things pretty well, given the fact that there are billions a day. They check for bots every day. Every day they check for bots. I'm sure they do. And again, to come back to it, in court, Mr. Musk's legal team is going to have to prove that they knowingly misled, withheld evidence that shows the boss are far higher. Because that would reach at least you think the level of potentially fraud, and therefore it might allow Mr. Musk out. I think that what we have to be thinking about is what the new Twitter will look like. The new Twitter under Musk. Under Musk. Yes, and whether there'll be better ways to be able to monetize it. For instance, if you have a product. You can barely, you can't really sell it. I mean, I think that changes instantly. I think Twitter's going to be a, well, a to way to do it. talk about lo- it as much, though, because it'll be a private company. Run by someone who doesn't really want to have it anyway. <laughs> well, tough luck. I have a lot of things in my life I don't want. I mean, why is his life there any different from the rest of ours? Because he's the richest man in the world. You know, it doesn't buy happiness, David. <laughs> we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and Countdown to the opening bell coming up in about seven minutes. Don't go away. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Pretty good diet of news today, even though futures are close to the flat line. We talked about some earnings, and we'll get more tonight with uh, Urban and Intuit and others. Got some macro with the PMIs, and then new homes coming our way in about half an hour after the opening bell in five minutes. All right, we're going to have an opening bell a minute and a half from now. Squeeze in a mad dash. Uh, we talked retail a bit with Macy's. We'll come back to it. But you want to hit Target. Yeah, I think we got to go back over Target. Remember, they took a big charge early on in inventory. And I think that they really cleaned up things, and it was a very good quarter, not being reflected by the stock. The stock can go higher. Market was bad last week, but Target's good as you have something to buy. Now, there's some great research out today. City has lessons learned from Walmart and Target. What a great piece. You usually don't see that kind of cerebral analysis. And Target traffic was stronger than Walmart. Back to school off to a huge start. I have confirmed that from the company, that back to school is absolutely terrific. Now, get this. Who is going to be the biggest beneficiary of the collapse of Bed Bath? UBS says it's going to be 2% share 
that Walmart could benefit by 2%, target by 125 to 150 bips. And this is on the demise of, of, Bed, of Bed Bath. So those, that, that, both of those two together say by target. And by the way, the demise of Bed Bath is almost pre- presumed at this point. Yeah. And yet by the meansters, who better go and buy a lot of stuff. You know, they want to go in and buy a lot of that discontinued merchandise. The opening bell here on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It is Hudson Link for Higher Education in Prison, celebrating its sixth program site. At the NASDAQ, it's Inos, a diversified medtech company, celebrating a recent IPO. That UBS piece on BBBY was interesting. 71% of Walmarts are within a 10-minute drive of a, best, of a bed bath. Yeah, and you know, when you think about it, you go to bed bath, when you're going back to school, it's always been a great place to go. Target and Walmart are you know, just, there's a lot of Targets. There's 950 Bed Bath. A lot of Targets near them, too. Now, the bull case for Bed Bath, David, is basically if someone does give them credit, they can get through the holiday season, and then they can raise capital. But the clock is ticking so furiously against them, and the management themselves seems to be in the bunker. Now, you know when you're in the bunker, you don't think straight. No, and your point's a key one because I can remember any number of retailers faced with that holiday season question because you have to get the factors, you have to get all those who would provide you financing to do so in order to build your inventories into that period. If you can't do it, you're kind of done. Right. And And a lot of times then you kind of file prior to that because you want to file with at least some cash in your balance sheet. All right. Now, they almost have no cash. Now, remember what's really important Think about the shift in their strategy. They went to private label. I actually liked a lot of the private label, but that private label strategy failed. They've already discontinued one. So now they have to pivot and go to branded. But what happens if all of the branded is already taken by Target? There's not a lot of excess inventory at the branded level. Now, Macy's is saying there's some inventory of some apparel, but at the apparel at the range that is Target versus Bed Bath, I could say that Target could if you've been to the home goods section of Target, yeah. it's on fire. It's an uphill battle, it would seem, for Bed for Bath. Bed Bath? Yeah. I would say so. Now, they brought back so much stock. David, what was the what was the bull case that they were seeing when they bought back a lot of stock? I don't know. Well, that, I they don't, don't know. either. We pointed it out for many years under the previous management that then was displaced for the next management that now has been displaced. And why but it was you, a why, creeping LBO. And why do you bring in Kirkland Alice? You bring them to advise on restructuring. Restructuring means what? Does that just mean like putting up new stores? What is restructuring? Go ahead, say it. Bankruptcy. Bingo. Duck comes down. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Can I can I step off the stand now? <laughs> You're okay. okay. I mean, what we're waiting for, I'm actually waiting for uh, the kind of white collar um, in, uh, SEC defense law firms to get involved, but they've been the uh, the bar's been silent. Well, speaking of distressed um, situations or would be distressed, uh, AMC uh, today after the eight preferred, uh, Webbush reiterates an underperform. They cut their target from four to two based on the uh, the new preferred, but they say plenty of cash to weather uh, a quarter in which the film slate's a little softer. Adam Aaron. Uh, was CEO, what are they calling it? Yes, Twitter he's the CEO. CEO. Yes. Um, yeah, we've done some great work about how it's minus five, you know, when you try to figure out where the stock is. 
What was great was that it was so difficult, no one could figure out how the stock was doing versus the Regal collapse. I read a number of articles which say the collapse of Regal could be very positive. Adam Aaron might do a deal. I'm against that because the Justice Department would be against it. But I would say this. All the articles about how he has cultivated his, his share base are so singular versus every other CEO. And why don't they do why don't they do what he does? You think more CEOs should to get the get these you thought like last night Palo Alto does a three for one split. I think you get the people who watch say Mad Money, you get those people in. They're not traders. If you have a hedge fund base and something goes wrong, Carl, they just leave. If you have an individual base and something goes wrong, they double down. This has been a great strategy by Adam Aaron. Just a great strategy. It's worked for him. He's been shown an ability to adapt, that's yeah. for sure. Um, guys, I want to change it up a little bit and talk about Intel and talk about a, a part of the uh, capital market that we have at least been focused on um, and should continue to be. Uh, the news this morning involves Intel uh, signing an agreement with Brookfield to jointly uh, invest up to $30 billion. Right. Uh, in what they're calling leading edge chip factories in Arizona. Uh, what is interesting about this is the structure of the financing itself and the way that Intel is now going about financing its construction of uh, these factories, which obviously is very expensive. Intel's going to pay for 51% of it. Brookfield uh, is going to fund 49% of it. This is Brookfield Asset Management, okay? It's an, not, a, the, not the real estate right, part of it. Right. It's a global alternative asset manager. Intel will retain ownership of the factories, but of course Brookfield will have a very significant ownership position as well and conceivably will therefore reap a return on the invested capital that it has there or the financing. Uh, what does Intel say? Well, this gets us uh, capital below the cost of our equity, protects our cash for future investments, and even protects and allows us to continue to fund the dividend. And so they're saying, hey, this is a great way to go about raising capital to fund our expansion. By the way, this is not even including any aid from the CHIPS Act or where that may come into play. Or, or, but, or the mobile IPO. Or the mobile IPO. But... I've been speaking any number of times when we talk about a leverage buyout, about direct capital, uh, and the fact that the banks are no longer the provi uh, main providers oftentimes of capital to finance leverage buyouts. It's the Brookfields of the world, the areas of the world, the Blackstones of the world, the uh, Owl Creeks, on and on. This is the same thing, only a kind of a different desk, so to speak. It's infrastructure where they have an enormous fund and they are lending directly uh, and pushing out banks that might have come in at a higher number uh, in terms of what they wanted um, and yet are willing to do so because, of course, the returns that they're planning on getting, let's call it mid to high single digits perhaps, are plenty for the funds that they have in place. Interesting move here from Intel, and we can expect to see more of it from what I hear from those who worked on the deal. Five-year low for the stock. It's up today. Interesting that you mentioned the, di the dividend. They want people have been worried about the dividend. This is a very good solution. I know Mobileye is going to come, and I think it'll be exciting. The IPO market is completely dormant. Oh, so my gosh. We're, we're hungry for an IPO. Uh, Pat Gelsinger getting out of the hole. As you've said, these these plants take years oh, and take years. tens of billions to build. Also I mean, Micron obviously also making, what was it, a $40 billion commitment over... 
Is that a 10-year period? And yet in the in- medium term or in the sw- short term, they're not trying to buy anything because they want to be able to get the uh, inventory right. down. Uh, there's a conundrum about whether, you know, do you buy ASM? Uh, the answer is I felt that, that Gary Dickerson answered a lot of questions on the AMAT call. And the intermediate term is so bright for these guys that you just have to get through this very short-term period and you will be really rewarded by owning that stock and by owning Lamb Research, which I think is going to have a very good 2023. Really good company. Tim Archer doing everything right. Uh, and the stock is off almost 300 points from its high. Very interesting story. Uh, obviously, a lot of key customers. Uh, the big story today on Apple is that they're trying to shrink the production window between China and India on the uh, iPhone 14. Then, and of course, Ford and their massive EV transition laying off 3,000 a sal- or 2,000 salaried yesterday. I think what we're leaving out, and a lot of people feel Ford's in trouble. They did look. They want to get three billion dollars in cost. They got to start somewhere. But when you look at a EV car. It has a fraction of the parts of an of a combustible engine car. Forty uh, percent fewer parts. It, there, there are white collar people who are involved with every single part of a car. I mean, it's really kind of amazing. Like David, there'll be like a guy in charge of the pistons for the charge of the carburetors, and there'll be like hundreds of people in the carburetors and white collar salary. Right. And they're not as necessary in an EV world. So why shouldn't why shouldn't Farley uh, say, hey, listen, you know what, guys, is, we don't need you. But it is the greatest hiring market in history. They all get hired. This is the time to do it, is what I'm saying. I see. They all get hired by other... Everybody needs engineers. Right. You know, you go. You could go to you know. You could go to Raytheon for heaven's sake. You know? Far fewer parts, though, as you point out, in an, in an electric vehicle. Electric car, yeah. Wonder what that means for the aftermarket over time when there's so many more of these on the road. You know, I'm not in that business. I don't know. Mm. We're going to get advanced auto parts tonight. I mean, they're in for a, a sea change over the next Look, say decade auto, or so. AutoZone remains being one of the what top five stocks in the, in the entire market. Look at that. That stock does not quit. It's up 10% for the year, but I mean, do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself movement is strong. And remember, in, in times people go to the dollar store, they do do-it-yourself. I thought Lowe's had a good quarter, uh, which is more do-it-yourself than is professional. By the way, uh, gas prices now down 70 straight days, Jim. That's the longest streak in almost a decade. you got to go back to 2015. Now, Disney, when, when, when oil was climbing, gas was climbing, Disney went down because people speculated that there wouldn't be a lot of people going to the parks. With oil down, why don't they speculate that more people will be going? Or is the stock just in some sort of uh, rut, David, I ask you? Is there a rut that Disney's in? Do you think, do you think it's being all, all pulled down by Warner, which is well, obviously you, struggling? You are fascinated by this area, aren't you? Yes. You like to come to it every single day. Well, Disney? Because it's... Because not Disney is much. He's our, Warner, really. Our sort viewers of yeah. care passionately about whether a TV show takes off. Well, they, this House is of what the they Dragon care about. Great. Ten million. Thank you. The uh, biggest for an HBO original. The first episode of Game of Thrones, four million. First episode of Euphoria, two million. This was ten. There you are. Right. Well, this, the, yeah. I, but will it be, be able to maintain? Well, I mean, the others well, built then why obviously was the stock they down were not. So they were not. Why was no. the stock down so badly? One and done. People got 10 million people were, were bored. The stock stock's not doing particularly well. Well, we're it's up today, but it, it, it's up eight cents. Is that? It's like that's what it's all about. 
Um, we know the issues that Warner Brothers stock. Discovery is dealing with. We pointed to, we've talked about them many times, obviously, very large debt load, what are at least right now declining EBITDA levels. However, David Zaslav embarking on uh, a lot of different areas that will conceivably bring efficiencies over time like and a, growth. Do you like a situation where the market cap is uh, almost uh, 50% less than the debt load? Um, it's not been good. There it it is. has not been good. I uh, think. And and remember, AT and T shareholders okay, were okay. given roughly seventy-one percent or so of the of the, combi- of the combined comp- of the company's. Equity. David, I, I try to focus on companies that people use: Zoom, Warner Brothers, Disney. I, do you want me to focus more on, say, the truck part business? No, you can stay away from How the truck the part business. about the natural gas truck business? Do you want me to focus natural on gas. clean energy and why it's time to... Yes. I mean, I can, I'm yes. versatile. You, you I, are. I mean, if you want me to follow... Where are the, where's the AA Met team? Is that Port St. Lucie? I can give you chapter We've and verse on them. we got a few, but yeah. You have a vast series. I would prefer to talk about things like Warner Brothers people. It's in people's minds. That's right. I'll talk about it with you anytime you want. <laughs> Just not on air. Also on people's minds today, uh, bonds, 10-year, close to 307, which has been a source of stress for equities. We'll see what happens there as we inch our way toward Jackson Hole. We're back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelli here live at CME HQ with breaking news. S&P Global PMIs, August preliminary. With respect to manufacturing, 51.3, a little less than anticipated and sequentially lower than 52.2. It's actually the lowest read since July of 2020. If we look at the services PMI, 44.1, much less than the 49 and change we're looking for, sequentially lower than 47.3, and that is the lowest level since May of 2020. And finally, to round out the trio, our composite PMI, 45.0, less than 47.7 in the rearview mirror, and 45.0 is the lightest read since May of 2020. None of these are very good. And going into Jackson Hole, well, manufacturing has had a couple of good numbers, but all in all, services and manufacturing disappointing a bit, especially on a global scale. Squawk on the Street will return after a short break. Back to Twitter this morning and the explosive new allegations from its former head of cybersecurity accusing the company of a number of security flaws and oversights. Here's what he told CNN earlier this morning. There's an analogy of an airplane. So you get on an airplane and every passenger and the uh, uh, attendant crew all have access to the cockpit, to the controls. You know, that's entirely unnecessary. It might be easy, but there it's too easy to accidentally or intentionally turn an engine off. Employees, the Twitter CEO responds in part, quote, what we've seen so far is a false narrative that is riddled with inconsistencies and inaccuracies and presented without important context. He goes on to say, we can assume that we will continue to see more headlines in the coming days. We will pursue all paths to defend our integrity as a company and set the record straight. Uh, that went out to employees this morning ahead of an all-hands meeting tomorrow. Don't you want a lot of people, a lot of eyes looking at how to improve a product? I mean, this is a product that's not doing that well. You want you that do. many you people do. But the main, at it. The only thing that really matters is October 17th when this trial is supposed to start. That's, right, what, but, that's it. Right, but I'm saying that, you know, the idea that somehow a lot of people are looking at it. Well, what, what, what should we have them looking at? Facebook? What should they be looking at if they're working at Twitter? Twitter. Yeah. How to fix Twitter. I mean, 
I don't think that it's wrong that a lot of employees have their eyes on Twitter when Twitter is not doing well. I just think that is a false narrative. I mean, do you want them? What do you want their eyes on? Advanced auto parts? It may be, but the question is whether that gentleman is going to be able to somehow be able to, to uh, be a witness in court. It's unclear that that's going to be the case. I'm, I'm again He's here so relying. easily discredited, David. Well, I don't know if he is or not, uh, Jim, but the Washington Post says Musk's legal team's already shown its willingness to, to subpoena former Twitter chief executive, for example, Jack Dorsey. We don't need the Post to tell us that. We know that. Zacco, though, already one of the executives, they say, whose records Musk's legal team also attempted to obtain. But here's an important point, and I haven't confirmed it. They say the, a judge denied that request. There you go. Um, so Alex Spiro, who's Musk's lawyer, said we've already issued a subpoena for Zatko. But then the Post reports, Washington Post reports, that a judge already denied the request. By the way, I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Under, I don't know. trying to prove their case here. If, 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 if Zacco's not allowed to take the stand as a witness and they're inadmissible, all this stuff, then not much to advance their case. Unfortunately, I've been in a lot of litigation. I say unfortunately because it's always bad. You subpoena anybody. Man, subpoena. Big deal. I've subpoenaed like a half dozen people in the last year. Well, actually, five years. Where'd that get you? Uh, pretty good settlement, actually, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We'll watch it. Obviously, Agrawal's memo just crossed uh, a couple of moments ago. Let's get to the aforementioned Bob Bassani this morning. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Recession talk back in vogue, but commodities are popping, and that may be a little bit of a problem. Let me show you the sectors today. So energy is up. Uh, Nat gas has been flying recently, of course. Uh, but even oil is on the upside. We see metals moving. Uh, semis are doing well. NVIDIA's up about 1%. And defensive sectors like consumer staples, healthcare, are lagging a little bit. Take a look at some of these energy stocks. Energy's been moving. Uh, the XLE, the energy uh, ETF, is about two-month high now. So is Halliburton. So is APA. That doesn't make a lot of people people happy who want to see stocks lower, oil stocks lower, and oil lower as well as natural gas. So what's making people nervous is this talk about recession. You saw this on Friday uh, when we had several people out, including Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond President Tom Barkin, talking about uh, there's a path to getting inflation under control, but a recession could happen in the process. So everybody's concerned that Powell is going to even be more aggressive than he has been in the past on Friday when he speaks. So this is what's making the markets nervous. you got a 10-year yield at 3% plus now. That's always been a problem in the past. The dollar index is at a 19-year high, and that gas is at a 14-year high. This makes the inflation people very, very nervous that we're not winning so we're not going to defeat it. Uh, and it's going to be a long slog here. So what's happening is growth stocks in the last week since the Tuesday close, a lot under pressure. ARC, which had a great run, is down about 12 uh, percent. Consumer services, consumer discretionary are weak. Technology's down. The S&P's down about 4 percent. And the defensive groups like consumer staples are holding up better. It's not a disaster. Big tech is down, oh, 5, 6, 7 percent if you look at Apple or Microsoft or Intel or Salesforce. So it's certainly not a disaster compared to the big run-up that we've had. Consumer staples, the more defensive groups, this understandably are holding up better. This is all kind of normal when you see uh, the run that we've had in the last five or six weeks. So Johnson & Johnson, United Health, Procter, Coca-Cola uh, are all down or flat, essentially. So nothing is really terrible at this point. I think, Carl, the concern here is on, the market seems to think that Mr. Powell is going to do something he hasn't done before on Friday. Everybody seems to believe he's going to just reiterate what he's been saying. We haven't defeated inflation. We're going to keep raising rates. If he says that, he's already said it. So everyone is scratching their heads trying to figure out how much more hawkish can they possibly be, or could Mr. Mr. Powell possibly be on Friday. If he isn't, then perhaps this recent downturn uh, is a bit overdone. Carl, back to you. 
On Friday, Bob. Thank you, uh, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Jim and stop trading this morning. Yeah, so this is an example again. I'm looking for metaphors of the way the market works. Medtronic, well, the services look very good. Uh, the quarter was very good. The, uh, the guide was not so strong. But, I mean, should the stock be down this badly? Uh, I don't particularly like the company. I, well, the diabetes franchise is where they should be crushing it. Instead, you got to buy Abbott. But the fact is, is like, this thing shouldn't be down two bucks. Just that people are like, eh, growth. Uh, reve- like growth. Yeah, revenue down four. We were looking for yeah. down five. Yeah. And I mean, they basically reiterate the guide. I mean, what, it, what it, it felt like is not as bad as it used to be. And I know that's kind of damning the faint praise, but that's, I expected the stock to be flat. Uh, and the analysts are starting to really question uh, the business. It, it, this was a bit more of an open rebellion by some people on the call. I'm always wary when I see that. David, when you see analysts are saying, well, what's the deal? You know that is usually the prelude to a board sen- sensing. What's the deal? Right. Well, the, because analysts typically are, are not that bold. No. No. I mean, most um, of the time it's like, congratulations, it's good. I mean, if you listen to Zoom Quarter, which is obviously really horrible, the analysts were quite congratulatory. Yeah. But that's also because... The people are very nice. Yes, That's the famous. Yeah. Congratulations seen, on a great quarter. Have you seen the charts of mentions of congratulations on earnings calls? No, They've like, actually rolled over quite well, a bit. Well, they have because it's yeah. just so embarrassing it is at this embarrassing. point. I mean, congratulations. It, it always has been embarrassing, but they're not the antagonists, the analysts, and they no, have to not. stay in the good graces of the companies to a certain extent to make sure that they have communication because companies will cut off analysts they don't like. Do the analysts say congratulations say on the wheels up call? <laughs> Jim, we'll see you later. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart.